Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello folks, we're all very welcome back to Celtic Fanzine TV and the Celtic Soul podcast on audio available across all platforms. If you are watching on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and also hit the alarm button so you never miss an episode. Well, today I'm joined by Glasgow Power, Aaron Boyle for Catch Up. Uh, it's been a while, Aaron. How has your summer been? Hi, I'm great, Andrew. It's great to, to see you. It's not quite in the flesh, but it will do. Um, it's absolutely roasting here. I think it's, it's hitting about 30 degrees, so I'm sweating, I'm boiling and I'm burnt, but that's just a typical life of a ginger. How are you? I'm good. As they say in Glasgow, taps off weather. Well, honestly, it is. So I was just off a bus there coming back from work. And you know that way everybody just feels as if we're all sticky. Oh, it's horrible. But well... It's not very often we get it, so enjoy the good weather. I'm in the studio for the first time. I walked in about 10 minutes ago for the first time in about five or six weeks, and I am sweltering because every time I'm in here, I have the heating on. And I walked in today, and it is absolutely, absolutely roasting because it's so well insulated for sound. So it's just roasting. But I'm, I'm happy with the good weather. I'm happy to be still wearing my shorts after my holidays which took me to Spain and to the North American Convention in America, in Las, the heat of Las Vegas, which was uh, absolutely brilliant. So what have you been up to for the summer? Um, I have, first of all, been taking a wee break. I took a wee bit of time just to chill um, when I finished uni, um, taking a lot of extra shifts on, getting the kitchen, um, you know, student life and a part-time job. Um, I work in the libraries, which is a lovely wee, a lovely wee part-time job um, as a student. Everybody I work with is great and is brilliant. Um, and 
so that was kind of pre-season and now that the football's back up it's been busy busy with Partick Thistle so tonight um, we've got a Premier Sports Cup game um, against Fraserburgh uh, in the Highland League and I've actually got a wee bit a big news I've not told you yet Andrew this is quite exciting uh, tonight I am a Furhouse Tannoy announcer um, a big stadium debut Tannoy announcing gig and apparently I haven't checked yet but apparently um, it's looking like I will be the first female Tannoy announcer in Scottish football. So it's not fact. It's not fact yet. I have to look. Have to kind of look it up. But I'm certainly the the, the only current female Tannoy announcer at the moment. Anyway, so that's quite a milestone both for myself and for for Thistle, which is quite exciting. Um, and I didn't get to um, the game on Saturday, unfortunately. But uh, and I didn't even get to the. The, the training day yesterday but I'm quite glad I missed that because it was just too hot um, so hoping to get hoping to get back in the 31st against Aberdeen and get back to paradise So tell me a little bit Patrick Thistle what's the connection though? Uh, so I work uh, with Patrick Thistle uh, last season I joined the media team um, as a videographer and production assistant and this season I took a wee bit more responsibility on so last week again Stenhouse Muir I was on the socials, um, so I was doing the Twitter updates uh, on the Thistle pages and the Instagram, um, the Facebook, um, and, you know, just, I suppose it's kind of all around dog's body, if you like, um, kind of like tonight, I didn't expect to be doing Tannoy announcing, our Tannoy announcer Greg can't make it, um, kind of pre-season, so he's asked me to step in, it's actually Jerry himself, um, I... A few months ago, um, I had done some Tano announcing for the women's team in Jerry Britton, obviously ex-Celtic player and now the party Thistle Chief Executive, um, was quite impressed at the women's game and he'd asked me to, to fill in tonight at Fur Hill. So we'll see how it goes in this seat. I feel a bit heat exhausted, but it's exciting. Didn't expect didn't expect to be um didn't expect to fall in love with Thistle. Um, not just a workplace, but you know, it's my local club if you like and um, it's not quite, you know, it's the championship, so it's, you know, one league away, we could get promoted, but it's it's quite good to hold on to your kind of grassroots football and your grassroots club. So it's exciting time. Yeah, you're getting some experience. Well, that's, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, I suppose, as well, um, is getting your, getting your, throwing yourself into the deep end, if you like, um, especially things like, you know, a professional football club, um, social media. It comes with a lot. It's not just about updating, you know, doing game updates or commentary. It comes with a lot of responsibility. You've got you've got a whole fan base there. Sometimes I forget, you know, I've got a love for Thistle. It's my local club being from Mary Hill. But sometimes I have to dive into the to, to actually get to know the fans. You forget that I forget that it's you know, it's people love Thistle the way we love Celtic and there's a duty of care there. There's a duty of responsibility that you that you represent the fans and you take content that the fans will engage with and appreciate and, and love. And Saturday, um, after the game, I went up to hospitality just to kind of sit with some supporters. Um, there was a Man of the Match hospitality presentation where Ian McCall done a wee chat and um, Tunji Akinola had um, also spoke um, on behalf of the Man of the Match. And it was a great chance for me to sit and mingle with the supporters and you know, I've got to see how much it means to them. So it's exciting. Um, sometimes I have to remember that 
it's people people love people love thistle and I'm falling in love with thistle that's for sure. Um, the only thing is it's going to be quite difficult to balance Celtic and Celtic and thistle this season. So you know I, I did say I did say to my boss I was like third of September and I can't make it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's a balancing act now between Thistle and Celtic, and you'll be hoping that the fixtures don't clash. Yeah, well, last year it was worse. I was also working with Queen's Park last year um, as a videographer, so that's three football clubs in one season. So that was three football clubs, three different Scottish leagues, um, and one person. So that was that was fun and games, but I didn't have quite a heavy commitment with Queen's Park. It was just great to know, great to know Glasgow's third club, fourth club, sorry, fourth club, um, and get to know their fans, get to know the club, get to know their kind of ethos and um, also get to their games as well. And um, Queen's Park were promoted last year and they were also ground-sharing ground for Hill, eh, ground-sharing at for Hill. So that was a good experience too, but two, two clubs is enough. Two clubs is more than enough. Yeah, and, and Queen's Park, are uh, they're on the way up. They seem to have uh, a few Bob now and the, the, I know a few lads that have signed contracts with them. Yes. Um, Queen's Park that they're in excite they're in they're they're sitting at an exciting position right now. Um and who knows what's going to happen this season in the championship. Um Thistle were unfortunate last year reaching the, the playoffs. Um it was fortunate for Kelly. Um Augusta for a broth, you know, it was it would have been good to see to see the underdogs um climbing and getting promoted. Um and that was just exciting to watch. I think everybody in the whole country tuned into Kelly and our broth. So Yeah, our broth was just one story throughout the season. That would have been that would have been a what do you call it? I um, not a miracle, but a, a fairy tale. A fairy, fairy tale. Yeah. Really Big Rob Douglas could have been the fairy queen. Yeah. <laughs> Big <laughs> Rob's up there doing the goalkeeping coach. Um, and we've, we've chatted to Rob on the podcast before, and that, and he did speak about Arbroath. Um, Aaron, it's important as well that um to 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 take a break when when the season finishes and to recharge the batteries because there's not a lot happening even when I, I was in Spain and I was at the convention in, in Vegas and even there I was checking my phone and, that, and I was going why because there's not a lot happening a couple of signings come in but you know you, you, could, you could read it in five minutes and yet we're still we're still obsessed with with Celtic but I, I, I love switching off and I got the opportunity to go and see my son Connor on the decks in a beta, and uh, I think it was more suited, Aaron, for your age group. I, I was there. For three, I was there for three nights and four days, and I tell you one thing: I was a tired man when I got home. <laughs> I think that the last time we spoke about Connor, um, you were you were messaging me to to see if I knew anybody in Glasgow that could hunt down his passport. Um, that day, remember in the sub club, so. I'm not familiar with the the, the night the nightlife myself. To be honest, I'm, I'm more I'm more of an old fogey myself. I've never been to Ibiza, but Connor seems to be smashing it. And it's yeah, he's loving He's loving it. He'll definitely need to recharge his batteries when he gets back. Especially <laughs> in the sun, I've not been able to handle today, let alone Ibiza. Yeah, Aaron, and, and a few bits and pieces. Um, just just while while I, before I forget. The website's back up. Um, we, again, we took a break for four, five, maybe six weeks on some of the stuff we do. Um, but the website's back up. Saliclanzine.com is back up. Um, and we've restocked the shop because people were saying we were out of a lot of sizes and a lot of bits. But that's because we had a bumper summer with the merchandise. And 
we've been onto the screen printers and the designers to get more stuff done. So watch this space. But we are, we have a lot more stock in now. We got a lot in the last two weeks. So the shop is back up and running. And thanks to everybody who supports us that way. And the fans in, which Aaron is so kind to write for, uh, more than 90 minutes, issue 122 is on hold because Richie, our graphic designer, it's his holiday time. And he's not back. <laughs> till, he's not back till I think the 9th of August or maybe the 5th of August. So it'll be after the first game of the season that we, we get the fans, you know. He's off at music festivals and I think he's taking a, a little holiday in Belgium. So Richie, enjoy the holidays and uh, thanks very much for everything during the season. So Aaron, what do I hear now? So the poetry, has the poetry took a back seat now that you're so busy with all these football clubs? The, the poetry will never take a back seat. I write every day and people might not see that. You know, I think, I think I, to be honest, this is the first I've actually spoke after, after last summer, which was quite a summer for me um, in terms of the, the spoken words and the poetry. Um, you know, I, I think it actually shook me up a little bit and I don't think I've actually put anything out since. Um, so I think this season, not 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 exactly football content, but just this season as I'm thinking of like time, but this kind of year coming, I feel like I'll be planning and putting more stuff out and um, re-sparking that passion for myself. Um, I've been writing a lot of write every day. Um, at the end of the day, it's a form of expression. Um, and it's not about the po- uh, writing poetry and spoken words. It's not about making money. Um, you know, fortunately, I have. I've been working with a lot of kind of big corporate companies. Um, one, for example, Network Vale. Um, I had done a commission for them for an advert, and I had recently worked for FIFA as well. Um, FIFA had launched a new channel called FIFA Plus, and I had hosted a documentary and written a, a poetry commission for for um, our project as part of FIFA Plus um, where we had documented and told the story of Glasgow City which is a a women's football team a women's football club in Glasgow Um, so a lot of exciting things has happened but alongside that I've almost fallen out of love um, with the roots of of why I write so I think that's been a big part of the break is just to kind of reevaluate why I do what I do and to fall in love with that again um, last year, uh, May June, I within three weeks of May and June, I had put out three pieces of content each Friday back to back. The first piece of content was um, the Scott Brown tribute, Andrew. It was for you, um, Scott Brown's tribute poem that you put out in your channels. The following week, the um, Celtic season ticket advert um, was launched, and I was the, the face of that um, campaign. And then the following Friday, there was the, the Euros advert um, for BBC Scotland. And it was a poem um, in the build-up to, to Scotland being in the Euros. And I received quite a lot of abuse for that, both online and also in the streets and in pubs. And I didn't quite realise how much it took at all. So it, it was nice to take a step back and reevaluate a bit and it's not like it's not that you like comments get to you. It's not like that at all. But I think it drained me a little bit. You know, I was twenty one years of age, and it's quite quite a lot to handle. You know, when people are shouting at you in the street. Um, a man had actually posted my full address on Twitter, um, and you know the follow follow forums were just absolutely disgusting and really personal, both to me and my family. So it did shake me up a little bit. Um, took a wee step back, 
get back in with the cano last season as well. Did some work with the cano, um, but unfortunately I've had to kind of take a step back to that as well just now. Um, so I think the model of the story across my whole kind of year this year has been slowing down and remembering why you do what you do and remembering what you truly love. Yeah, and Aaron, there's only so much you can do as well. We all think we can do so much, but, you know, time... God made plenty of time, but when you're, when you're really busy, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm also at uni full-time, so I got to a point where I had to prioritise uni work and just cool down and just remember that I'm 21 years of age and, you know, have a bit of fun, <laughs> essentially. Well, but it's good, it good to um, hear that you've... You, you, you know, you're still involved with the Kano, even if you've had to take a back step because we, we do our little dinner every year and we always split the money between the Kano and the Paradise Steps group, two great little charities. Um, and this year you came along and co-hosted the, the night and had a wonderful interview on stage with the legend that is John Fallon. Andrew, your dinner band this year was the highlight of my year from start to finish just being surrounded by, you know, being in your environment, being surrounded by our friends. It's the more than 90 minutes community. And, it, you know, I treasured that. And it was just such a great night. And obviously we had a great time chatting to John Fallon as well, which was a great experience too, because he's quite a character. You know, John, if you're listening, you're, you're quite a character. And, um, <laughs> and he wasn't and fond that night. He was very fond that night. <laughs> John Fallon's always been great fun, um, but you know, I feel like you know, um, you kept me on your, you kept me on my toes, uh, John. So that was that was great experience, um, just great fun, really. It always is the more than ninety minutes dance, and as you say, it's always for a great cause. Getting to know the Paradise Sex Boys was great as well because I didn't actually realise just how much the the Paradise Sex Group do out with us running up and downstairs. They're, yeah. they're a great organisation that do great work. Um, and, you know, feeding children and young people quite literally across the world is just so, so, like, commendable. And great to know, great to have the chance to promote the work that Paradise Steps do. And Teresa as well. Teresa stole the show talking about the cane off. What about that too? That's just like a wee moment of reminiscence. Sorry, on you go. <laughs> no, but um, I, I know what you've just, it's important that um, we get someone from the Paradise Steps onto the podcast as well, because they're not as, as well known as, as the Kana Foundation and they're not as big a charity and they're not in the public eye as much. But when you see the amount of goodness that they do with, you know, we, we, we don't give them, you know, tens of thousands, we give them thousands and the, the amount of work they can do with it is unbelievable, you know, out in Africa. Absolutely. And it was great talking to the guys sitting with them and, you know, their experiences. It was a good laugh. Uh, the, the, actual, the actual act of running up and down the steps and um, it was just great, you know, and uh, the guys were talking, you know, just going around tables saying, you know, who, who wants to get involved? And that's the thing too. Like they, I would absolutely encourage anybody to, to get involved with Paradise Steps, both, both to fundraise and also just for that experience as well. And, to get more of to get to know more of the Celtic family and the great guys, definitely. And yeah, and we, we've got media. we've got a group of their supporters club who run Martins and uh, so Mick and Kevin and the boys. If you're listening, you need to do one of these Paris, Paradise Steps challenges and run up and down all these <laughs> steps in a famous stadium because uh, you're doing these Martins and you need you need a change. 
No one had to do that last one. I no, definitely not. And if, if you are out of the day like this, don't be drinking beer. Drink plenty of water. <laughs> Aaron, um, we'd be touching the podium now, but you also you also helped me out because I was still on my break when all these press conferences were coming up with players. And when the one came up, the one I, I did want to make sure we got covered was the Jota one because it was the one we were all waiting for. Getting Cardo Vickers over the line early. Um, and then we got the Argentinian boy in and we got Seagrass down from Dundee United. But, you know, the Jota one was the one that everybody was waiting on. And I had spoke to someone who was involved with Celtic and they assured me that it was only a matter of time before the deal would be done. And they texted me just as the deal was announced to say, I told you so. I told you not to panic. <laughs> so um, I wasn't panicking, but he, he was such... He was such a bright spark in Ange's team, especially when he came in first. You know, him and Kyogo were just standout players up front for us. And then, you know, to have him now as, as a permanent player, and as I said, you stepped in and you went along to the press conference, and I'm so glad you did, because if we don't attend the press conference, we don't get we don't get the rights for, of the audio. So that's that's the deal for Celtic. And we thank Celtic for the access they gave us last season, and what lies ahead this year? How did you find? Um, how did you find him um, on the day? He seemed he came across very well. I thought he was very approachable. He was good fun. Um, he was very down to earth. I think you forget that this is a twenty-three-year-old boy who has just signed for Celtic. He's he's been with Benfica all his life, really. Um, and just just after he's signing, um, I had watched the, the footage that Celtic put up. A, uh, sorry, Benfica, that, that Benfica put up of Jota covering his kind of lifespan at, at Benfica. And you forget that, you know, that he's only 23. He's a young boy. He's travelling to Scotland. It's a big change for him. Um, it's great for his career. And, you know, he's, he's chose here because he's happy. He obviously feels at home. He came across very comfortable and excited um, and he mentioned that, um, you know, leaving Benfica is like leaving his parents, um, but he can't wait to get started at Celtic. So he wants to be here um, and I think that's that's the most important thing. So I'm excited to see what comes of Jota um, and all the new signings and just the team. Like, it's just exciting. It's refreshing to get signings in early in the summer. It's just a whole different, it's like a whole different world from the position we were in last year and it's just really exciting. It's also such an honour to be there at his first press conference and to be sitting at eye line with Jota, you know, for a moment. I, you just had to take a moment and take that in really and just treasure that and, you know, re- reflect on it in years to come. I mean, Andrew, these press conferences, it's stories that I'll tell my grandkids, you know, and it's something that you, you, you don't ever take for granted a lot uh you know, press conferences are designed for for the kind of mainstream uh, mainstream journalists who are there to get a story. But for you and I, it's really just going there and you know, rep- not representing Celtic fans, representing yourself. But being there as a Celtic fan, all I am is as a Celtic fan there who is one getting a wee bit of experience, but two just having that honour to to pass these these new signings, these Celtic players, these future legends, questions face to face. It's what a tangent, but it's, it's just magic. Um, and I really appreciate it but from your behalf. Thank you for for always for always asking me. No, thank you very much. And we will play uh, that Jota interview later on in in the show um, because it's worth listening to. And we didn't put it out because, again, 
I was away on holidays at the time and everybody was just, everybody had just down tools there and you were the first one to go and do something for us. Everybody had down tools out the last season because it was such because everything opened back the up. Well like everything opening back up, um like it was just like trying to get to every game and you know what I DJ the weekends and it was sometimes you you were, I was leaving the cross, getting in the car, driving to Dublin Airport you know, going to a game, remember going, I think it was Livingston away and then getting back, trying to get back on a on flight because of another gig that night. So just by the end of the season, I was just exhausted and I was just so happy that we got, you know, we were champions and we had a great day. And indeed, in, in I thank Saturday Media as well because we all got access um, on the pitch that day to a number of players after the trophies were presented. We got access to a number of players and we also got access to Ange and you know, I, I appreciate that because it was a long time coming, you know, 21, 22 years right in the fanzine and you finally get an opportunity now that maybe we should have got many years ago, but we didn't. But look, it's better it's better late than never. But Aaron, another one, you um, you said you were the first one to, you know, at the first press conference when Jota was a permanent player. But you were also at the first press conference of Dominic McKay, who didn't last too long, and Ange Pastacoglu. But I, I want to just touch on an, another one because um, the Tommy Bourne story is back now for another run and you attended a press conference and you just caught you just caught Andrew's um, attention when you spoke to him about the values and, and you know the history of the club and he, he came back because he was out attending the Tommy Bourne story the same night you did I think it was the premiere at Celtic Park and his his answer um you know what? We'll, ju- we'll just have it. We'll have a listen now um, to to that question and to Ange's answer. Hi, Ange. Thanks very much for your time. Um, Pleasure. Since you've joined Celtic, you've clearly demonstrated how much you've bought into the ethos and the core beliefs held by much of the support and what Celtic truly means. The Celtic supporters are a poetic group of supporters with a close connection to their faith and heritage, which you would have seen last week at the Tommy Burns story. And I'm sure you would agree there wasn't a dry eye in the room. After attending the play, how much did the story and the atmosphere in the room help to further your understanding of Celtic? And what did you take away from the play, both from a managing and a personal perspective? Yeah, um, look, in terms of um, buying into sort of the ethos and, and the culture, it, I, I haven't had to do that too much because it's just fairly closely aligned to my own beliefs and, and my own sort of upbringing. So I felt comfortable from day one. I knew I would because I kind of understood the football club I was walking into. And um, so it's, it was a lot easier for me for maybe to to understand, you know, the, the kind of... Um, culture and the kind of football and the kind of person that that this football club wants to be at sort of in this sort of position because uh, as I said it's it's closely aligned to to my own beliefs my own values my own upbringing um, so I guess that's with those kind of things it, it resonates more when it's it's more natural and I think if me trying to ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, persuade people of, uh, that I believe in this. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's, that's probably the primary reason that, that maybe people have responded positively to, to me in the position uh, in terms of the play yeah it was it was fantastic um, loved every minute of it um, you know obviously well aware of Tommy Burns and, and his story and uh, but you know the, the people putting on the production it was obviously something very close to their hearts and, and you know they played it that way um, and uh, you know, what came through is I think I said a couple of days after is you can you can admire the accomplishments and the achievements, but it's it's the man that that sort of uh, breaks through. And I've um, you know, I said that about sort of Ferenc Bushkas when I got to spend time with him. That these great people, the greatest people, are the ones who who stack up as as men or women rather than just their achievements and. Um, you can see with Tommy Burns, it's a reason that you know people hold him in such high regard. Um, unfortunately, you know we lost uh, Birdie yesterday, and again, you just read what people have to say about the man, not the player. There's a great lesson there for everyone, I think, uh, not just uh, not just me. Uh, I think for every person out there that being a decent human being, being irrespective of your achievements or your status in life. Um, goes a long way to, to ensuring that you, you do leave the right sort of legacy for yourself, your family, and, and your name. So, Aaron, there are brilliant, um, brilliant moments to, to, you know, you talk about, you know, how you enjoy it and, and someone as, as a Celtic fan. But to capture Ange, you know, the, the way he spoke there, and like, to, all, to all the fan media out there who, you know, sometimes there's crackers of questions, and then other times if you're near the end, Maybe your question is gone that you were going to ask, but it just captured it that day. I don't know if you were on early in the process or late in the press conference, but you just nailed it. And like, we actually cut it for a Celtic soul shot um, just before the end of last season. We were looking for a highlight from Ange from the season and we cut it and we forgot all about it because we went off on that little summer break. And then I found it. Um, it was in an email from Dan. Dan had, Dan had cut it and he sent it to me. And I found it and I said, you know, I'm going to stick this up on YouTube. And we stuck it up last week and it got a wonderful, wonderful reaction. Although, although one person was confused because he said the play is only on and how, how, how's he talking about Bertie all dying yesterday? <laughs> so I had to tell him it was actually recorded last season. <laughs> I attended the Tommy Burns story um, on its premiere show in the Kerrydale Street with the Kano Foundation. And Ange Postacoglu was sitting um, directly in front of us. And sometimes I feel like I was watching his face just as much as, as the performers on stage. Because to me, I thought it was quite a, quite a quite an iconic moment for a current Celtic manager to be sitting in the office 
sitting in the office, sitting in the audience, um, watching a show about a legend like Tommy Burns. And, you know, it seemed like such a, a natural question to ask. I wanted to ask him in the moment. Um, because this is, you know, this is... Being a Celtic manager, being a Celtic player, being a Celtic fan, being the CEO of Celtic or a Celtic director, you take on a responsibility and that is to carry through the ethos of Celtic Football Club. And nobody does that better than Tommy Burns. And, you know, the, the famous quotes are there, but everywhere. And, you know, that quote just resonates with me as a fan, but it should resonate with every single foot, every single player, every single manager that passes through uh, that tunnel. And that's, that is because you're carrying through a legacy. And the play was absolutely phenomenal. It was just so emotional. Um, every single person in the room, it captured everybody's hearts and you could just feel the energy. I was sitting next to Joan Andrews um, from the Celtic Supporters Association. And I think at one point, you know, I felt like I, I was ready to take his hand. You know, he knew, he knew Tommy Burns, just like a lot of people in the room. And there was tears in his eyes. There was tears in um, Joe Mackin's son, who's um, 15, because he's looking at his dad. He's looking at all of us around us and we're reflecting in that time. I was fortunate enough to, to attend Tommy Burns's um, not his funeral, but you know when he came up to Celtic Park, um, I'd laid down a I had laid down a, a letter for him, um, as many young Celtic fans did at the time. We have no idea who this man is, but you know he means so much to my dad. So you grow up and you learn about him yourself, and the play just captured his life and his career magically. And also, you know, I think the play, it didn't just tell the story of Tommy Burns, it told the story of his, of his family. And, you know, it was a love story almost. The play started off, um, Tommy Burns meeting his, meeting his future wife um, and falling in love. So the whole play, just that moment just, you know, set the scene from there, really. Um, there was also a really magic scene where Tommy Burns had found out he was unwell and he's in the chapel and he's kneeling down and he's praying. And I feel like crying just now just talking about that scene because, for starters, um, the actor who played him just portrayed him so remarkably that you actually thought it was Tommy Burns up there. But everybody in that chapel prayed. And that chapel, see, I'm referring to it as a chapel, it was a Kerrydale Street, but it felt, like, it felt like we were all part of that. It felt like we were transported back to Tommy Burns's, you know, all these all these times in his life. Um and then to flip that, we were all laughing with him. Um, there was a point where uh, an electrician um, had, um, there was something up with Tommy Burns' family's washing machine in the house. And this is a true story, because the play also referred back to, you know, the, the, the actual family talking about these actual stories. Um, you know, David Carswell, uh, the writer, had, you know, spoken to the family. Everything was so true and was just so authentic. And it came across that way um, through various kind of techniques in the play. But there was a point where um, an electrician um, comes into the house and uh, he's fixing the washing machine and then he goes, oh, Tommy Burns. And then he goes, Tommy Burns? The Tommy Burns? And he's fixing Tommy Burns' washing machine and they can't believe it. So he electrocutes himself and there's like this big blue spark. And then uh, his wife goes, who was that? Is that, was that a big blue flash? And Tommy Burns leans across the couch and he goes, there'll be no, there'll be no blue flashes in this house. 
<laughs> and like just those wee things to be portrayed in the play. I, I felt like I walked away knowing probably one. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I'm so lucky, Aaron. You, 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 you know, you're involved with the arts. I'm so lucky that at Celtic Football Club that we have um, these people playing these parts in these shows that are Celtic fans because there's a lot of actors who are Celtic fans. We've had, you know, in recent years we've had the Bandit like Birdie, um, Bandit like Bratback, and the Celtic Musical, and they've all been fantastic. So it's been, um, it's you know, it, it is, it is great, you know, that you can have, you know, these memories shared because so not everyone reads a book and. But you know everybody, you know, you know has an opportunity to go to theatre now. When and and I've spoken about this before. People who wouldn't normally go to theatre, but when it's football and Celtic, there's no, they, you know, they 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 enjoy an evening at the theatre. The theatre brings any story to life. Anything that's you know put on a stage and it's just magic. There's there's no better there's no better feeling than going to the theatre and watching something come to life. But Celtic fans, whether they want to believe it or not themselves, we're, we've all got a touch of, um, you know, poet, poetic heritage within us and it makes us who we are. And you see that when you're in, when you're watching shows, um, you know, there's, you named a few there, but there's there's an endless, you know, there was Celtics and Pavilion, I think that was one of the first Celtic plays I went to see um, in the Pavilion 2012. Um, and I'll never forget looking around and just seeing a full theatre singing You'll Never Walk Alone, singing Hail Hail, singing you know, just, just a whole theatre singing Celtic songs. It was like we were just back at paradise again. And you don't get that way any other football club, especially especially in Glasgow, especially in Scotland. Yeah, and I, I think I, I remember going to one, it was it was shown in Dublin, um, it's a good few years ago. I think it was on the road to Lisbon. It was something about Lisbon anyway. It's a bit of funeral. It's about a couple of mates getting who were in Lisbon getting back together for a funeral. And that was really good as well. And as you said, there's, there's so many. We must actually walk out of many there is for another show. I think you're froze, Andrew. Aaron, I lost you there for a little bit. Um, I was just saying that I was I, I was at another show a good few years ago in Dublin. It was... Um, I think it was on the road to Lisbon or it was it was about three lads who had been to Lisbon but they were at a funeral of the fourth person who were and it was very good as well so there's so many and maybe someday we'll we'll get to do a podcast and we can go through all these plays and you know films of, of Celtic who, who knows if we get the time but at the moment I don't think you're going to get the time because you're so busy Aaron it's been an, um, an absolute pleasure to have you on Rumour has it that you might be co-hosting the festival in Thailand. I, I, I don't know if Patrick Tiss will <laughs> let you off, but we are going back to Thailand for Paddy's Week. We'll be in Bangkok and Pattaya, and we're really looking forward to that. It's going to be great to hook up the Bangkok Sally Supporters Club and the Pattaya Sally Supporters Club. And I know Birkins are going steady at the moment for the hotel because they, 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 they sent me an email this morning with those who had booked. And we've got Australia, New Zealand, I think Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, the boys from Thailand themselves and then some from the UK and of course the St. Margaret's crew from my crew will all be there as well so who knows Aaron um, we're just going to we're just going to um, play out with the well not play out we're going to we're going to have a listen to the Jota interview now at the end so listen thank you so much for your time and I'll, don't be a stranger during the season thank you so much Andrew it's a pleasure as always thank you so much no thank you Folks, don't forget to hit that subscribe and alarm button if you want to hear podcasts like with the likes of the talented Aaron Boyle.
Hello. Um, hello, Jota. Delighted to have you back in the, the hoops. Um, absolutely delighted to have you um, Throughout last season, you showed that you could be the difference maker, whether that was scoring important goals or assists like that world-class goal that uh, Kyogo scored from your pass against Berenge Varos. What do you feel you improved upon in the last year? And what do you think you can improve upon or you go to target this year? Well, something really important for me was the game time because I had three seasons that I didn't have plenty of game time. And that's something which is really important for a footballer because you can train as long as you want, but the feelings that you have on the pitch will always be different from the training. There's just something different about the game itself. So I think that was the plus on my on my trajectory. And um, sorry, the other one was what, what can I uh, improve, improve? Well, that's something that comes with the game and with the season. So um, I think I just have to keep on working hard in the training to listen to the coach, to understand his ideas and everything will be natural. Hi there. Um, first of all, thank you for signing. It's uh, made thank all you. of our summer, I think. <laughs> um, just wanted to ask you, you touched on it there, uh, about the manager. How big a role did he play and how big has his influence been on you uh, over the past year to make the decision to become a permanent Celtic player? Um, the philosophy of Ainge is something that I was looking for for a long time. I've grown up with these ideas of the game um, when I was younger. And to find a coach like like him um, in this stage of my career is really important for me because uh, I love the way we play, um, the intensity, the creativity, everything. The way we play, it's just tremendous. So it's just the right place to be and to develop. So I'm really happy to join. Thank you. Yeah. You said uh, you fell in love with Celtic and that's one of the reasons you've joined. Oh. You mentioned uh, earlier about being at Benfica for 15 years. How much are you looking forward to playing in the Champions League and how would you feel if they drew each other in the Champions League? Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, so Champions League is something really big and it's no lies that a player always looking is looking for is always looking for to play these kind of uh, competitions. So us being in this competition is really important and I just want to make the the best for us and um, about the Benfica uh, the Benfica question I just don't want to think about that <laughs> I still need to qualify yeah, yeah. I don't want to Jota thank you very much for your time today we've all been checking our phones all summer you've been everywhere so we're, we're very thankful that you caught a flight thank back you. to Glasgow thank you um, last season you had some season you impressed us all and we've all been singing your name all season you made your debut against Ross County and you scored first against Ray Rovers. how did you feel when you missed the, the League Cup um, due to your hamstring injury uh, was that okay. was that quite a killer um, yeah definitely so um, I was not here I was doing the rehab away and um, uh, yeah that was something that I really wish I could be be in but unfortunately our life is not easy and sometimes you get these injuries and we have to adapt we have to readjust and uh, I was treating myself to be here as soon as possible but uh, I was still in touch with everyone and I I tried to feel a bit of what everyone was feeling um, so yeah that was it
Welcome back, Jota. It's good to see Cheers. you. Um, the manager on Trophy Day spoke about all the players in the squad now being leaders in their own right after winning the title and winning the League Cup this season. What experiences would you pass on to any newcomers arriving at Celtic Park this season? Wow, that was so Scottish. You have to say <laughs> So on Trophy Day, the manager spoke about all the players being leaders okay. in their own right. Yeah. Um, what experiences would you say you've learned this season that you would pass on to... From to him? From, from Ange and from yourself, from your own perspective, to okay. new players coming in. Well, we never stop, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the best thing he, he said. So that's that's pretty much all he, he says to us because he doesn't want us to stop and the way we play says much about what our training is about and our idea of the game. We don't want to stop. We always want more, more and more goals, uh, good football, um, to put a smile on the face of the fans whenever we play uh, because, of course, it's really important to win and that's our main goal. But to win and to play good football, I think that's the ultimate, ultimate challenge. So I think we did it quite a few times last season. Yeah. Well, as you all, welcome back. Um, pleasure to speak with you. Um, very different situation this year from last year because obviously you signed on deadline day and there was an expectation to come in and perform straight away. How does it feel this time around that you've got a, a full pre-season with Celtic, with the coach and the rest of the players to try and prepare for the next campaign? Yeah, it was some crazy days last season, I still remember. Um, on the deadline, yeah. Then everything went well. This time I think I have time to prepare myself. I think it's actually the first time in five years that I can do a pre-season with a team that I will play or that I will be throughout the season. So I think it's good for everyone. I just want to prepare myself physically and mentally for the season that we are going to have and uh, perform the best as I can. Hi Jota, uh, just to echo your previous comments, delighted that you've signed. Um, I think Scottish football in general is a, a better place to have a player of your talents uh, you. grace us each week. Um, last season was obviously a transitional season for Celtic. We had a lot of new manager, a lot of new players and new ideas. Now that we've had a season you know, with, with everyone getting used to each other, do you feel that we're much better equipped for European football next season? And are you excited that we would be able to compete at that level? Definitely, I'm... Um... I'm really excited to compete on that level and um, I think we created a strong basis last, last season with the guys we had, with all the lads and um, this season it's just um, um, it's just another season that we have to do better and better. We know that we are in a competi competition really strong, a really, uh, a really strong competition and we just want to do our best and uh, now we just have to, to be together to, to get along again and just to, to fly. Yeah. Hi Jota, uh, welcome home. Thank you. Um, I'd like to say, of course, you know how big the club is, uh, size and stature, you know how much of a fan favourite you are. Did you realise throughout the summer how much of a storm you caused with Celtic fans all over the world grabbing pictures with you and we didn't know whether you were signing? Did you realise how popular you were throughout the summer on your, on your holidays? No, because I st I try to stay off the grid as much as I can. So yeah, I don't really have the idea. I I just keep on focusing on my football and the training stuff and my family. And that's it. Those are my priorities. Uh, some friends kept on telling me like, "Bro, this is happening. Bro, this is happening." <laughs> yeah, and I said to myself, "That's nice. That's happening." But uh, 
yeah, I just found the philosophy of life to leave it straight, to focus on football and just to enjoy as much as I can. So thank you to everyone that showed the support, I guess. I think I cannot reach everyone because, well, we are millions. Aren't yeah. we? <laughs> so, um, well, a big thank you from me. Yeah. Hi, Jota. Uh, welcome back. Um, one of the players you linked up with very well last season was Kyogo. Um, he's combined in the Europa yeah. League. How exciting is it to link up with Kyogo again in the Champions League and the, the other competitions? And how, how good a player is he? Um, Kyogo is an amazing player, I have to tell you. Like some of his movements are world-class. I'm not sure if there's many players in the world who can do his movements. And I've seen a lot of strikers and quality strikers so to be in the team like like this team with Kyogo just just helps but not just Kyogo I think we have a lot of quality in every sector every position and whoever goes on the pitch will be ready for sure uh, which is the best team the best thing on our team everyone is always ready to perform and to deliver results and that's that's what we are looking for yeah hi Jota welcome back Hello. to Celtic um Last season was such a turned out to be such a special season for the club. All the fans back in after COVID and coming in reclaiming the league trophy. But what was the highlight of the season for you? What was your uh, top moment of the year? Um, I think there was a game. I've said this before. I think there was a game that we clicked, which is a, which was against Betis away. I think that was the game we thought okay. We can really play this way and we can fight against the best teams. And if we do what we did today, we can do much better in the future. And then it's just believe on Ainge ideas and every coach. Because after that, we just thought to, to, to ourselves, like, OK, let's do it. But to do this, we must all believe. If there's one who doesn't believe, this is not going to be good. So... The end product was there with the titles in the end, which shows that it was a that we believed, <laughs> yeah. Hi, Joe. Hello. Yeah, you seem to have an instant chemistry with this club culture and fan base. And I was just wondering if you would give us an insight into what it's like, what it's really like playing for this club, being an outsider coming into the Celtic family. I think that that's something that only players who have played in here in Celtic Park can, can answer and might not be like created words to explain the feeling of that. I can say many words about that, but it will never be worth it, you know, because only the people who can live it inside can say to you like, yeah, that's different. So, yeah, I wish I could explain this better, but it's impossible. It's It's a great feeling. It's something special, looking around, playing in the pitch and everything. And to defend these colors, it's truly... Tremendous, yeah. Hi, Jota. I just wanted to say welcome to Celtic. I'm Thank you. personally very glad to have you here. Thank you. Uh, with Celtic automatically qualifying for the Champions League group stage next season, what are your hopes and aspirations for yourself and Celtic as a whole in this competition? Um, well, I think we, we think game after game. And after that, we see what happened. But uh, one thing we are sure, we are going to keep our ideas we are not going to be a different team from last season just because this is Champions League. That doesn't make sense for us. So we are just going to try to um, practice our football and to do it the best way we can. 
and and that's it uh, let's fight against the moon yeah <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 